Welcome to Arbor Bridge Church's weekly podcast with your teacher, Daryl Canty. Arbor Bridge Church exists to bridge the gospel and our community by connecting people to Jesus and each other. Visit us online at arborbridgechurch.com. Two thousand years ago, when Jesus rose from the dead, uh, he appeared to his followers, and then he went up to heaven. And uh, he, when when he uh, when he was was when he left, there was so much hanging in the balance. There was so much um, uh, that was kind of balancing on the on 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 a knife's edge between success and failure. Um, the, the message of Jesus Christ had risen from the dead. He he kind of laid on this small group of people, and he said, "Okay, I'm out." And they're just normal guys. Uh, and it's something that none of us, I don't think any of us would have done. We would have looked at those guys and we'd be like, we can't, we can't trust these guys with this message. We've got to stay here and we've got to tell it. Jesus does the opposite. He gives it to this small group of people and then he leaves. Um, right before Jesus left, though, he gave them a command. This is the command. Go make disciples. Go make disciples. Every, and then Every one of them, all these people they, 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 that are there, every one of them, they build their lives around making the message known and teaching people how to, to live like Jesus did. And um, if they didn't, obviously, that, the whole thing could have ended. Jesus wanted, wanted to grow his church, so he gave his disciples a command, and go and make disciples, teach people how to, how to do what I do, say what I say. Um, and so here's my question for you that I would love for you to consider if you're a Jesus follower. Do you, do you make disciples? Do you make disciples? Do you make disciples? Do you take responsibility for the spiritual growth of anyone? Um, what, what Jordan said at the end of his talk reminded me that Penny told me once that right before Karen passed, she told, Karen told Penny to take care of Jordan Right before Jesus goes up into heaven, he says, take care of the people. Make disciples. Do you take responsibility for the spiritual growth of anyone? Of anyone? And don't misunderstand me. Obviously, every person is ultimately responsible for their own spiritual growth. I'm not saying that. Um, that being said, Jesus gave us a command that we all need to obey. And if you're a Jesus follower, you should be making disciples. You should be, you should be making disciples. There should be someone in your life who, who, who you are teaching to follow Jesus more closely or more clearly. Um, and fulfilling this command, this is the future of the church. This is what it means to be a church. Um, and, and so much is hanging in the balance. And so much is on that knife's edge between failure and the success. Um, and, and your personal decision, your personal decision on whether or not you will do that will affect us all. It will, it, will, it will affect this whole church body. And obviously, if I make a decision whether or not to make disciples, clearly that affects our church. And you would say, oh yeah, that, that, it affects our church if Daryl makes that decision. But it makes, it makes all the difference on whether or not you make that decision. Whether you make that decision or not, it matters. Um, it matters. And obviously, clearly, 
clearly, and myself included, most of us don't make disciples. We have no interest in doing so, um, even though it's what Jesus commands. So in January, I did a series on the first chapter of a book called Titus that uh, called We Are the Church. And when I preached the series, um, I focused only on chapter one, but I promised, I said later, I'd come back to chapter two and then later on chapter three. So today begins our series on chapter two of the book of Titus. Um, And the book of Titus is all about making disciples. It's all about making disciples. Um, and so some of you, some of you guys know that Titus is actually a letter that an early church leader named Paul sent. Um, he said, he said, sent to Titus, my true son in our common faith. So Paul gave Titus the job of building the foundation of the church in a place called Crete. Uh, and, and I think that we can learn a lot from Paul's letter about how to, how to make disciples and what it means to be a church in Ann Arbor. And I, I'd love for you, if you haven't read it, to read it. Just read chapter two, because that's, that's our focus this, this series. And, and Paul's, because Paul is telling Titus to make disciples. You should have true sons and true daughters in the faith. Uh, like, like Paul introduces this, this letter or this verse. He says, to Titus, my true son in the faith. So one of the questions I asked in our first series in January that I'd love for you to think about again, I don't, I don't, I don't know if we think about this enough. Can you think of, can you think of anyone in your life right now that you would call a true son in the faith? True daughter in the faith. Is there anyone in your life like that? I, I, it could be your own. It could be your, your physical children. You should be, um, if you're a Jesus follower, should be a spiritual mother, father to someone, to someone. You should be committed to making, making uh, disciples. And, and those of you guys um, who know the Bible well or have read it very well, the, the making disciples doesn't depend on the person's response to what you do. It's just your intentionality in doing something. Listen to, listen to Jesus' full command to make disciples. What he said is this, listen. Uh, then Jesus came to them. They're up on this, I'll, I'll explain in a second. Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Jesus says, the Father has given me authority. He's given me authority, so I'm going to give you a command. Go and make disciples. So in those early days of following Christ, so it so much dependent on them obeying this teaching. And there wasn't any room for any of them to, any of them to step back and say, well, you know, Jesus, I've I, I got stuff to do. I've got a plan for my life. I don't really like teaching people. I'm a more reserved person. Um, you, surely you don't mean me, Jesus. There was, there was absolutely no room for any one of them to say that. Um, he was saying, every one of you must make disciples. And this, is, this is my command. And, and because those early disciples obeyed it, we have the beginning of the church. We have, we have what we know now as the church. And, and, and we, we are here at the beginning of, of, a, of a new thing in, in the life of our church. And there's really no room. There is really no room for any one of us to walk out and say, yep, thank you for that cute talk, Daryl. I'm not doing that. There's really no room for any of us to do that. Every one of us has to say, 
I will obey Jesus' command to make disciples. And I don't even know what that means yet. I don't even know what that means. I wonder if you'd be willing to decide that. So today I'm going to do a couple things. I want to just say, I want to say out loud, here's why we don't do this. Let's see if this resonates with you. And again, this is lots of times when I'm sharing a sermon with you, I start with me. Here's why I don't do this. And then at the end, I want to set you up to make a decision about whether or not you will. So here's why we don't do this. Here's why we don't do this. Jesus gave us a command. Why don't we do it? Number one, we won't forget ourselves. We won't forget ourselves. You have no, you have absolutely no bandwidth in your life to make disciples. None. Because you filled your whole life up with you. And this is what this is what the brilliant thing about what my mom would do after she would work all day and come home, come home from working, she would still she'd have be exhausted and have bandwidth for me and my brother. So you have to intentionally have space in your life to make disciples. And to do that, you have to forget yourself. Jesus rises from the dead and he appears to some women which I'm going to talk about in a couple of weeks, which is just, that's is super interesting. He appears to only women um, and tells them, he says, go tell the other disciples that we're going to meet in a place called Galilee. And we're going to go up on a mountain to meet them. So I mean, think about that for just a second. Jesus, can we meet down on the ground? Why well, we got to climb a mountain to meet you? The disciples go to Galilee, meet Jesus there. They get up to the top of the mountain, and I don't know what that looked like, but I could see them coming up after being exhausted, rounding the corner on this mountain, and then the person that they saw crucified is there, risen from the dead. That, obviously... There's no words for how astounding and powerful and amazing that is. You've climbed, you've done all this work to climb the mountain, sweating, pouring down. You, you round that corner and Jesus Christ is standing right there. And you, you'd be ecstatic. And then this is, he says, you guys, come on, come on, come close, come close. And then, and like, think of, you can think of like a football huddle. And he gets all these guys around. And he says, listen, listen, here's the plan. Make disciples. You guys... Go make disciples. Teach people what I said, what I did, and tell them that to show that I have the authority to tell them what to do, I'm here risen from the dead. Go make disciples. Uh, I don't know, Jesus. I'm not really having I mean, every one of them said, yes. I will build my life around doing what you said. Often I don't have the freedom to make disciples because I'm not willing to forget myself long enough to ask the question, well, what does somebody else need? In order, in order, in order to be able to connect with Jesus, what does somebody else need? The Bible teaches this though. Put yourself aside and help others get ahead. Don't be obsessed with getting your own advantage, which that sounds like the whole country, right? Forget yourselves long enough to lend a helping hand. Think of yourselves the way Christ Jesus thought of himself. We need radical self-forgetfulness. Um, so often when we do things like, like 
better ourselves or go to college or stuff like that. In our minds, we're bettering ourselves so we can get a better job or we're bettering ourselves so that we can make more money. We're never bettering ourselves so we can invest in other people and have more opportunities to make more disciples. That, that is what your talents are for. That is what college is for. That is what your training is for. That is what your experience is for. Everything else a thousand years from now will not matter. So, do you want to have a life that matters? Paul is saying, Titus, teach people to forget themselves and live lives that matter. One of the reasons, one of the huge reasons that we love our mothers is they forget themselves and invest their lives and their children. And since dads are so awful at that and we're super self-absorbed, they're like, Father's Day, eh. Mother's Day though, woo! Why don't we make disciples? We don't understand the urgency of the situation. We don't think about what's at stake. My guess is, is that, um, and I've, I've shared this with you before, but it's relevant, so you know, you have to deal with this, yeah. You guys, I, and I hate this thought about myself because I know it's true and I just, it's a matter of remembering that it's true and building my life around it. There's going to be a day when I see Jesus and I'm like, I'm gonna say, what the world was I doing? Why wasn't I more urgent about making disciples? That's the question I'm going to ask myself. I don't, I didn't, here I didn't understand the urgency. So when you read Paul's letter to Titus in the New International Version, the word must comes up a lot. Must. Um, it comes up a lot in chapter one. So you must, he's saying, Titus, you must teach elders to be faithful. Titus, you must teach the people to be blameless. Um, you must silence deceptive, rebellious people um, to, to, who, who teach things with no basis of truth. Um, and then finally, in chapter two, he starts off with this. He says, you must teach what's appropriate to sound doctrine. You must. And what, what, what that phrase basically means is this. You must make disciples. You must do it. He uses the word must to communicate this kind of urgency that we don't see when we read the Bible. I mean, I've read this, I've read this, this I, I, I said to you guys last week, I've read this a bunch of times. It's only occurred to me this week that he uses the word must so much. And, and when I read it, it doesn't feel that urgent to me. To help us understand the, the, the urgency uh, that Paul intends, I want to share with you a couple other places the word must appears. This, this is interesting. Um, once when Jesus was telling his disciples what was about to happen, he says this. He says, the son of man, he's talking about himself, the son of man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. So, on a scale of one to ten, 
in regards to urgency and importance, how important are the things that Jesus follows up when he uses the word must? You know, and there are lots of things in our life we say, oh, I must do. Jesus says, this must happen. On a scale of one to 10, what he follows up with, I would say that's a 10. I'd say it's 11. This must happen. Next. Once, um, once after the disciples had seen Jesus risen from the dead and given the command to make disciples, some of the, or some of the religious leaders who uh, arrested the disciples and they told them, hey, you guys better stop making disciples right now and we're going to beat the crap out of you. And this is what they said. This is what they said. We must obey God rather than human beings. So do what you do. You want to beat us or jail us or try to stop us, bring it on. But here's what, you, here's what I know. Here's what I know. I must obey God rather than human beings. It's urgent. What, what, if, what if the disciples, what if the disciples when they were brought in and they said, hey, you guys, you guys stop making disciples. And they said, okay, we're scared of you guys. We're going to do it. What then? What then? Jesus must rise from the dead. Obviously, everything depends on that statement. Peter must make disciples. Everything's riding on his obedience to this command. It's urgent that the news of Christ's resurrection gets out. So important that the disciples, the apostles, build their lives around it. Nothing else, their jobs, their families, their lives, their kids, everything is pointed towards that thing of making disciples. Do you do that? Do you do that? Do, do you have your life pointed in that direction? And those of, us, those of you guys who do, what's going to happen is I'm going to get to heaven. I'm going to see one of you guys who pointed your whole life towards the direction of making disciples. And I'm going to be like, why did, I, why did I do that? Why didn't I do that? This is, this is what Paul is asking for Titus to do. Listen, you must teach what's appropriate to sound doctrine. You must point your life in this direction and get them to do the same thing. This is, what, this is what the apostles did. This is what the disciples did. This is what Jesus did. I'm inviting you to do this. I'm inviting you to do this. Last, why don't we make disciples? And again, I'm not trying to be mean. I'm not trying to hurt your feelings. Um, why don't we make disciples? Maybe we're not really his disciples. Here's the thing. And again, I'm not, I'm not trying to make you feel guilty. I'm not trying to make you feel bad. This, this kind of talk breaks my heart. Here's the thing though. If you say that you are his disciple, but you're not willing to make disciples, you're kidding yourself. You're kidding yourself. That's not for me. I'm not saying that. I wouldn't be bold enough to say it. Listen to this. Why do you keep on saying that I am your Lord when you refuse to do what I say? 
If you're unwilling to make disciples, then, then we are not his disciples. And I know that sounds harsh. I don't mean to be harsh. I'm just, I just I'm trying, what I do want you to be is be as honest. Listen, Jesus, listen to this. Jesus spoke to the Jews who had believed him. If you obey my teaching, he said, you are really my disciples, which is the positive version of that. The negative version, obviously, is if you, if you don't obey my teachings, then how can you even, that, that doesn't make any sense. And clearly in America, we, we set up this, this religious thing where you can say, I believe in Jesus, but you don't have to do anything that he does. In the New Testament, in early church, there was no picture of that. You couldn't say, I believe this and, and do other things. When you said, I believed something, that you, you acted. It's like me saying, I believe my house is on fire and then I go to bed. If you believe your house is on fire, then you get out of the house. What Jesus is saying is, if you believe in me, you really are my disciples if you do what I say. So, go make disciples. Become true mothers in the faith. Have true sons and true daughters in the faith. Become true fathers in the faith. So, next week I'm going to talk a little bit about what Paul's asking for, for specifically when he tells Titus that, that he must teach what's appropriate to sound doctrine. He must make disciples. Um, but this week, this week, what I want you to do is this. I want you to do is this. I want you to decide. I want you, I want you to say, are, you know, are you willing to obey Jesus' command to make disciples? I want, are you willing to obey Paul's command to make disciples? Are you willing to do that? Um, and that, that's really the first step. And maybe, maybe you would say, Daryl, I, I don't know what, I don't know how to make disciples. And I, that's okay. I get that. That's okay. Well, do you think when Jesus is standing on the mountain and he gathers all these guys around, he says, okay, guys, come on, come on, come on, come on. Make disciples. Go make disciples. Do you think that they, all those guys were like, okay, yeah, totally. I know exactly what that means, Jesus. Thank you. I'm ready. None of them knew what that meant. Not, I mean, and they, maybe a little, but they didn't, really, they didn't really have good pictures or good ideas about what that was going to cost them and what it was going to mean. They, they, they didn't know. They just they said, okay. And, and, and you guys, have, we've all had times in our lives like that where someone's asking you to do something, but because of who it is that's asking you, they say, hey, I want you to do this. And you say, yep, I'll do it. You have no idea how you're going to get it done, but you agree to do it because of who's asking you to do it. If my mom came to me and asked me, hey, Daryl, I need you to buy me a new car. I would say, let's do it. I have no idea how I'm going to get that done, but I'm getting it done. Because my mom's done far too much for me to, to, to say no to something like that. If she, and she would never ask me for that. Jesus Christ is asking you to make disciples. And most of us don't know what that means. We don't know how to do it. So what I'm inviting you to do is to, to, to decide whether or not you will. And if you won't, I, you know what? I... Applaud your honesty. I applaud your honesty. I'm, I'm afraid for you. It, it, it scares me because of the idea that 
if you don't obey his teachings, then maybe you are not his disciple. But I applaud your honesty. I have no ill will toward you. But what I'm inviting you to do is, is to decide whether or not you will do it or not, even if you don't know how yet. And trust that Christ will teach you and give you what you need. So, in just a few minutes, if you're a Jesus follower, I want to invite you to take communion with us. And communion, honestly, is a time where you think about, think about the death, the life, the resurrection of Jesus, and you, you commit to something. You commit to following him. Um, and so this is, what, this, is what, this is what I'm asking you to do today. It's similar to what I ask you to do every week. The commitment to obey his commands. The commitment to obey his commands. So, if you're a Jesus follower, you, you, by, you, know, you, you become a Jesus follower by asking him to be Lord of your life if you've been baptized into, your, into his family. Um, and finally, if you're, if you're willing to obey his teaching, um, specifically today, I want you to decide, am I willing to obey the specific teaching of making disciples? Am I willing to do that? I want you to decide that while we take communion together. Let's, let's pray together um, and we'll finish out. Dear Father, there is a, there are a few words to, to explain how we feel about our mothers. Um, and that's good and bad often. Uh, some of our mothers have not lived up to what they should have done. They have not given uh, their lives to us the way that we would, we would have preferred. And when that doesn't happen, it's so painful and so difficult. I, I pray that those, those bad examples and the examples that we have in our lives of the moms who did do that would help us, would teach us, would help us to learn I see from my mom's example, a life worth living is a life that is invested in others, a selfless life invested in others. That is, that is the, the, one of the best pictures of what it looks like to make disciples is what many moms have done for us. What, 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 what Amber was talking about when she's talking about her mom and what, what Jordan was talking about when he's talking about his mom and what he's talking about all the other moms who invested in him. Those are great pictures to help us to get an idea of what it looks like. And that's what you're inviting us into. Are we willing to be spiritual fathers, spiritual mothers? Help us, help us to, to, to make that decision today even though we may not know what it's going to mean specifically for us in our lives. And then help us in the coming weeks as we develop or try to break out what that might look like for each of us. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information on our church, visit us online at arborbridgechurch.com.